1: it's not necessarily the truth of who somebody is in the depth of their being part of empathic healing work and and having boundaries is actually exploring that deeper truth of who we really are and living that in the world
0: gentlemen and ladies brothers and sisters people whoever you are and wherever you are welcome to the truth prescription podcast I'm your host, Dr. Seku Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people. Welcome to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. Today I interview Miss Wendy DeRosa. She's an energy healer, author, and empath. So jumping right into it, her truth was simply that when she went through her nervous breakdown, she realized that her life actually was not a mess. And then through that, she found her true calling and her gift, which is the gift, gift of empathic healing. We also, she taught us about the chakra system. I know some of you have probably heard about the chakras. They are seven chakras, which are energy centers in our body. So she gives us kind of a primer on all of them and what they do and how they work. We talk about what someone can do if they maybe are living a life where they feel insensitive, like they're not really in touch with their feelings and how they can connect to it. And then lastly, we finished out with a nice uh, grounding exercise, which really helps to ground you if you're feeling or if you're having any issues with belonging or safety or power. So sit back and relax and um, check this one out. This is a good one. I'll see y'all soon. Love. Good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your humble host, Dr. Seku Gathers, here with another Great episode, and today I am interviewing Ms. Wendy DeRosa. How are you doing, Wendy?
1: I'm great. How are you? (laughs) Welcome. I'm doing
0: great. Wendy's the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies. She grew up in the Northeast, and at age 20, after having an epiphany slash (laughs) breakdown, she moved to Colorado, which began her journey as a healer and teacher and also a musician, which we'll sure we'll get into So, yeah, once again, welcome to the show. Really excited to talk to you. And uh, specifically, you know, people, I feel like anyway, people throw around the word empath. I talk to folks um, and say, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. I'm an empath. Obviously, whether or not they really are empath, I I have no way of knowing. But I do want to get into that discussion about what an empath is. And, you know, really, this is a a conversation about intuition, right? And whether or not you are into, we'll just call it the woohoo for, for, you know, for as a quotation, but whether you're, you're into that or not, I think everybody can appreciate that quote unquote gut feeling, right? That thing that is beyond the mental perception, but comes, comes across as crystal clear as being either, you know, this way or that way, you know, that feelings. But I think to start as we do on the truth prescription, I'd like to get into uh, your story a little bit and specifically uh, let our listeners know about a truth, something that you either were ignoring or maybe you just weren't aware of that once you experienced it, created some, some, a breakthrough for you in your life. And, you know, just keep it very story based. I've, I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I know you, you can talk, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, create that, create that, uh, that <laughs> visual for us. And so we can really get a sense of the depth of what you what you went through.
1: I well, first of all, say I appreciate the dive right in. I'm not such a surface conversation coffee person, so I do (laughs) do appreciate the going right into it. So you know, in in around the topic of the truth and deeper listening to my truth, I you know I think it's been a becoming process. It's been an unfolding process. I did not identify as somebody who was intuitive. And certainly as a child, I was very sensitive. I was very overwhelmed. I was the oldest of eight children in a big, loud Italian family. And there was a lot, the oldest girl, there was a lot of responsibility on me. There was a lot of financial stuff going on. I went to work at 12 years old to help pay for the. Household bills. We had days without power, without water, without phone, mm. without you know electricity. We went through you know quite a bit in in the eighties. You know, I, I what I identified with is someone who had a lot of who was not okay. I mean, I was you know through my childhood, I was I didn't have language or any framework for what I was experiencing mm. as an intuitive, very sensitive child, and instead. internalized a lot of shame, a lot of blame, a lot of over-responsibility. I ended up, you know, I didn't really have much of a childhood. I I ended up working all through my teenage years. So I went from school to work to, you know, getting homework done at night to waking up the next morning and doing it again. And by the time I reached 19, I had a nervous breakdown just from system overload. And out of that, you know, I, I tell a story in the book about, sort of this divine intervention that happened. But out of that experience of of breakdown and absolute chaos of just not understanding what might what was going on, there was a prevailing truth inside me that kept saying, you have something, you turn to it, you follow it, you go for it. And it's going to open up the door, you mean the doorway to the next thing in your life. And I was scared out of my mind to take that leap of faith. I was 19. I was like, leave college in the middle of semester and go and follow this. And so... I did, and I ended up meeting a healing teacher who identified that I'm not crazy. You're not, you know, I'm a, a, a nervous breakdown mess. You actually have this ability and this gift. And if we turn to it and support you in nurturing it, you will serve people. You will, you will do your purpose in this world. When I wish I could say identifying my truth, that was it. And boom, here I there I was. But there sure. was a lot of lot of ups and downs throughout even you know my 20s and just accepting that i had this gift i felt too young for it felt like i had a lot of time before i could you know before i wanted to be a musician yeah i wanted to be a rock
0: star so you with the guitar I I yeah be so you, a you healer. with the guitar yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like the truth was that you actually weren't this um this internal mess this ball of chaos right as 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 what was happening on the in on the external plane in your life, but that through the breakdown, you found that you actually had a true calling for healing. And so that mm-hmm. was the, that was sort of the, 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 the navigation I, I would like to hear. And I think the listeners would also like to hear the, the little detail that you jumped over in the book where you talk about the divine intervention. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you will.
1: Yeah, it was a pivotal moment in my life and I know I did jump over it, but it changed everything. Yeah, and it's that.
0: That's what we want to hear about.
1: Yeah, so I was recovering from this nervous breakdown and I was living in a dorm in Boston at the time and I was deciding between my roommate and I were walking on Newberry Street and we were trying to decide do I stay and finish the semester, forfeit tuition and leave? And what do what do I do? Because I felt incapacitated. Mm. Like I don't I can't I can't focus on being here or doing schoolwork or anything. And so we were walking and I was trying to decide, do we go, do I stay, what do I do? And so we're walking down Newberry Street and or excuse me, it was Massachusetts Avenue, and I take a left on Newberry Street. There used to be a big Tower Records on the corner mm-hmm. there. And I I we turn and there's a man standing somewhat on the corner a little bit further down wearing a red jacket and he has a ukulele in his hand hmm. and he has this halo going or let glow I called it a halo now back then I just it was just a glow around his head sort of horizontally framing or vertically framing his head hmm. and I looked at him and he we said, Would, can I sing you a song for some spare change? And we said, no, that's okay. <laughs> and then I look at him and this is I see this glow and I see this red jacket and, and his ukulele. And he says, no, Wendy, I'm going to sing you a song. Don't worry about the change. So he calls me by name, hmm. gets down on one knee and sings this song, Home on the Range, One Day You're Going to Get to Colorado. Now, mind you, part of the conversation my roommate and I are having is Do I felt this calling to Colorado. I knew nothing about it pre-internet. I think I saw a magazine. You know, you just don't. This was just stuff you saw. And, and I had no no information, but a call to go there. He had no idea. So we're sitting there having this conversation. And then sure enough, he sings this song. So I'm in shock. I'm in a sort of an eye lock. With him, and this transmission healing seems to be happening here on the street corner. <laughs> and my roommate at the time, we were both in shock, and he stands up and he says, Wendy, it's not your time to go yet. Just hang in there. You're going to get there. And he gives me a kiss on the cheek and he vanishes behind me. Wow. And my roommate Lynn and I look at each other. She looks back, she goes to find him, figures out where, and tries to find where he went. He's gone. I was. Yeah, he's gone, totally gone. I'm standing there completely having this healing on the street. Like my anxiety healed, my heart lifted, like a shift happened after that experience. And, you know, we're walking down the street giddy, you know, I can't even believe this just happened. And there's another piece to the story that I don't, I didn't really write about in the book, which is that, you know, my mom was a very prayerful, woman and having eight kids she clearly prayed prayed a lot for her children <laughs> clearly <laughs> a lot. Yeah. and so she took out a book in the library or somewhere that it was or maybe her church or something that said how to be with your ki- your children if you can't be with them and it was about praying to particular angels hmm. um to protect your children and Years later, I told this story at a book signing for a different, my, one of my earlier books. My mom was there in the audience and I said, mom, do you remember this? Because I called her afterwards when it happened. She said, yes. And what I remember is I took this book out and I chose the angel Arius. I forgot to say that he told me his name was Arius. Mm. I just picked out the name angel Arius because I knew he could reach you through song. Wow. And that was my world. i spent so many years in front of the piano. Yeah like pouring my, my grief and my, my healing process into music.
0: Yeah. Well, for anybody listening, the experience that Wendy's having, many other people have had, if you have any, uh, reservations, just Google search interactions with, with beings or godly interactions or angel interactions, they happen more than we think they do. All right. You know, I'm reading this book right now. This is so timely. I'm reading this book right now by Alexander Logan. I don't know if you know him um, on narcissism. His premise is that the major problem with the narcissist is that they've had some primal trauma, some childhood trauma. And so because of that, they've refused to feel. Like they just block off all their feelings. And, um, you know, by that uh, definition, many of us (laughs) are probably narcissists. But um, in your work, particularly teaching people how to be empathic. How do you sort of navigate or get through to someone? And and I'm 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 mentioning this because I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show may have recognized that they may have some issue with being able to feel, right? And before we start talking about being intuitive, I mean, let's just talk about being able to feel, right? So how how would you sort of navigate or help someone who says, "I can't even feel." Right? Ba- as a as a baseline, like I just have no connection to my emotions.
1: As a baseline, and what I'd say, because narcissism is a spectrum for sure, and, and but just to hone in on this piece, the first thing I would start out with is thanking the numbing, thanking it as a protection mechanism, because it serves us. It protects the hurt. It protects the pain. It protects the history that has gone subconscious in our energy body what I talk about in the book is so much of how our empathic nature is connected to the feminine quality in our body, not, and, and this does not, this isn't about gender. This is about all human beings having a masculine and feminine side. And so much of our feminine It's our vulnerability. It's our ability to be raw and real and truthful and connectable and be able to have perceptive and having that spectrum of emotions. Historically, it has been shamed by ultimately in the book, I call it the wounded masculine. Some other names we call it patriarchy, toxic patriarchy and narcissism. Those are wounded aspects of the wounded those are the aspects of the wounded masculine yeah. we also have a healthy masculine we have a wounded feminine and we have a healthy feminine it, these are aspects of our body but what happens in for the feeling the feeling sense to feel we have to go through some layers we have to and i think of feeling as i've got to drop into my body but to drop into my body i have to go through the barrier of shame Your feelings are bad and wrong because the patriarchy said so. Patriarchal teachings, fear-based teachings, says it's bad and wrong. I have to go through the shame and then I have to go through the fear of what if somebody abandons me or shames me or wrongs me for having my authentic feeling. And then there's just the baseline, am I okay? The okayness. That comes with having our emotions, so there's a lot at stake when we talk about. I have to, I have to feel our feelings. Yeah. Sometimes we have to go through some steps to even get there into our our emotional body. But all those steps, they're cultural, they're in the societal system, they're in the parental the parenting system. That's all unconscious conditioning that we have around our emotions. That we are. I believe many people are dismantling it
0: yeah yeah it's a great start it's something I read either either I read it uh, or it was an interview you did but you you talk about how through energy you can bypass the rational mind talk a little bit about that
1: so thinking about the energetic body we have so if I just to give a little lay in the land here we've got got our chakra system along the central channel of the body. And we have our meridians that run through our energy body. We have our grounding cord and we have this auric field. Now we don't learn about the energetic anatomy in
0: school. In medical school, I didn't learn anything about that, no.
1: Nope, I didn't learn anything about that. And yet the energetic system underlays the nervous system and the physical body.
0: So the grounding system, a grounding core, there's a chakra system, excuse me, a grounding cord in the auric field, those three.
1: And we have meridians and that meridians. run
0: through our body. Yeah. That's what uh, acupuncture is based on.
1: Right. Yep. And some Ayurveda also. So what happens in in our imprinting in our system is that primarily the lower half of our chakra system, our first three chakras in our body relates to our humanity and our relationships and our human experience. It it tends to be the areas of our body that carry history. And that means history that we grew up in. That means the belief systems that our family believed, other people believed and we internalized as our own. That even includes some of our Our woundings that we have come into this world with, and that we're trying to heal, perhaps, (laughs) or we're living through. When a soul experiences a level of trauma in their human experience, I mean, we can read about this, you can study this in in psychology. There's sort of nervous system responses that happen in the body when a traumatic experience happens meaning there's fight, flight and freeze, there's a shutdown, there's a disassociation, there's all these different experiences that happen. But on an energetic level, when we talk about the soul, what ends up happening is the soul actually lifts up out of the lower chakras particularly the first two and stays very high functioning up here in the upper body. And so sometimes it means our heart's working really hard. Maybe that means anxiety. Mm-hmm. Maybe it means the head, the mind is racing and I'm staying in an intellectualized place mm-hmm. with my human experience. Sometimes it means we disassociate or can disconnect from the history. We literally don't remember some of the experiences that have happened until we step on the healing path and we decide, I have to start processing what's going on in the lower body. So to answer your question, to inter- we, and sort of stay very mental about what our deeper truth is, our deeper process, our deeper experience inside our system is because it's self-preserving. It means it's safe to be up here. It's harder to drop down into deeper into the truth, truth. <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly that's the take-home message really that the bottom half of this system really holds the truth of where our wounds are the top half is more of a safer space that we can sort of manipulate not manipulate but we have a little bit more control over so interesting
1: well, one piece I just want to differentiate that I like to do this for for my students when I talk to them about truth, which is that, you know, there's personal truth. Like this is what happened to me. This is how I feel. I feel angry. This human experience happened. And then there's deeper truth. And it didn't break me. Like this is who I am on
0: the deeper level. So there's. It's super important. I've I've talked about that before, you know, this, this whole idea of my truth, right, which is personal, and then the truth, which is universal, that it doesn't matter who you are, or what you are, that that thing will continue to be true. We've been referencing the book and and, and I'll, I'll apologize. I should have said the title in the beginning, but give us the title of the book. And then with that, talk a little bit about how can someone know if they are in fact an empath?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the book is called Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Boundaries, I have to look at it. Clear boundaries, <laughs> set intuition and embody your body or intuition. You know, first it's so interesting because I, I I mean, if we're looking at this empathic definition from the truth perspective, what I would actually say is an empath is an identity. It's not necessarily the truth of who somebody is in the depth of their being. Part of empathic healing work and, and having boundaries is actually exploring that deeper truth of who we really are and living that in the world that ultimately allows the light of our depth and our consciousness to expand and be actualized in our human experience people become overly empathic because there is a concave there is a vacancy there is a lost inside there is a there is an intuitive aspect of self that's being overlooked not seen, not connected with. And so the outer experience becomes overwhelming.
0: Right, so It becomes
1: you, overpowering. When you
0: say overly empathic, just to clarify for the listeners, you're just basically yeah. meaning that when the outside world, uh, when they're exposed to the outside world, it's almost like they have little control over what what they take in.
1: So essentially an empath is someone who feels the energy of other people through their sentient felt experience. It's the feeling sense. And that might mean they feel other people's emotions. That might mean they walk into a room and feel the vibe. That might mean they are feeling the collective of everything that's going on in the world. And so they feel that and that's the empathic experience. The overly empathic experience means that energy has crossed into my field It went through the aura and then to my physical body. And now it's in my physical body. That's the um, overly empathic experience. And what I talk about in the book is why that's happening. And it has so much to do with understanding the energetic system and what's happening in the body as it relates to our vacancies, the wounds we carry, why we might have disconnected from our lower Chakras, how we're processing the traumas in our body, and how we are taking up more space and reclaiming the power inside ourselves, which is ultimately our truth. You know how we're embodying more of our truth in the world, and how that sets boundaries that clarifies our energetic space and presence in the world. When we when we do that deeper, the deeper work.
0: Right. Interesting. So it's almost like people that develop this this gift? I mean, I think we all have the ability to feel on some level, right? But I think there's some people that are a little more hypersensitive. So in development of that gift, there's even more deeper work to be done is, is really what you're saying in order to be able to do it and not get lost in it or, or sucked into it like almost like a black hole.
1: Yeah. And it certainly it can certainly feel daunting. You know, I'm a sensitive <laughs> person. I know I have a lot of healing to do inside Or maybe I have been doing a lot of healing work inside. And despite all my effort, I'm still absorbing energy. That might be some people's experience. What I talk about in the book is how the chakra system in particular relates to the energy we're holding, the power we're holding, or we're not holding, and how we shift and heal that energy. So even going back to one of your earlier questions, that We can't go into the energy body through cognition like through conscious thought, Mm -hmm. we have to go through the deeper subconscious state, which means meditation, which means guided meditation. It means journeying into these deeper, more intricate places inside ourselves to clear energy, to move energy, to help allow more of us to actualize and take our power back in areas of our body. That work is through guided meditations. And in the book, Almost every chapter has guided meditations in audio form and in written form. So it'll take you through the teachings and the lessons and then the guided inner experience.
0: So the sort of cognitive and the practical. Exactly. You know, I think it would be good if you went through just like a really basic primer on each chakra. Because I think most people listening have heard of the chakra system, but go through each one and sort of what they represent. From a, both a, a positive state and also, a, um, I'll call it an unhealthy state.
1: Sure. And I'll actually start with the first three as it relates to being an empath. Yep. And I'll go through these through the lens of the empathic empaths' experience, okay. which is that at the base of our tailbone region of our body, we have our root chakra, and it's the power center for safety, for attachment for survival, for the sense of belonging and grounding in our human experience. It's also the power center for trust. And that means trust in ourselves and trust in humanity and Mm. this earth. That's the power of that power center. The second chakra is the power center for our sensuality, our creativity, the ability to have the spectrum of our emotions from rage all the way to bliss, you know, to have that, that to be, know it's okay to have those feelings. It's also our power center for the feeling underneath the table in, in our body. So essentially the second chakra is the empathic power center of the body. So I'm going to go back down to the root to explain why these two are so crucial for an empath, which is that when we are little beings and we're born into the human experience, the first sense that develops in the womb is the empathic sense. It's that we are sentient, It's that we feel and the information we take into our spirit body and our nervous system is through that felt experience. We're born into out of mom and into the human experience of life. And we are born into the consciousness of what we'll call the hardwiring. I call it the root chakra marinade. It's essentially all the beliefs, spoken and unspoken, that not just were projected and taught, but that, that family felt about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's the experience we were raised in and how we decided on a subconscious level how to feel safe in our body. So for example, if I were an empathic child, very sensitive, very in and I was raised in an environment where there was trauma, there was alcoholism, there was projection of emotions, there was abandonment. There was loss on some level. I mean, I could go down a list here. There was a lot of what humanity was experiences at very, very early. That programming in the root chakra, zero to seven years old. I'm starting to develop my primary sense of bonding and attachment, about feeling safe in my body and having a sense of belonging. Now, my root chakra experience is being nurtured by my family that is also being nurtured by the system. So if I'm raised in a system on a cultural level where I'm getting innately, inherently in my body that I'm not safe in this system, I'm not safe in my body, then the feeling of unsafety at a primary level in the root chakra creates something called a root chakra contraction. And that means that the root chakra, this power center for safety and abundance and belonging and relaxing inside myself contracts and says, it's not safe. We have to preserve ourselves. We have to contract here and embrace for it, Mm. whatever it is. The second chakra, which is our power center for, again, that feminine, it's the feminine energy, but it's the ability to feel beneath the table. It's the empathic power center. It's the power center that says when the upper body says, I think, I think that person is doing okay. They seem to be okay. The lower belly is going, uh-uh, don't trust (laughs) that second chakra intuition. That's the empathic (laughs) sense. It feels the subtle. Well, this power center, what it does when the root chakra contracts is it blows open and that. It it blows open in order to feel what everybody else is feeling around in order to stay safe. And we call that hypervigilance. It moves into a nervous system response, hypervigilance, and an empathic child moves through their life attuned to what everybody needs outside of them so that they know how to organize themselves so that they stay safe and don't get hurt. And that pattern recreates itself through life over and over again for an empath. And so an empath might feel like, I don't want to be taking on the energy of others. Why am I doing this? But the lower body has a mind of its own. It's doing its own thing in order to find safety The third chakra does the same thing. It opens up, it decides to cord to everybody outside of ourselves in order to compensate for the lack of a grounding cord. I talk about the grounding cord in the book. That's our primary attachment of safety and being rooted in our bodies. But if again, root chakras contracted, we're not grounded through the grounding cord, the solar plexus is gonna do it for us. It's going to crowd, uh, ground into our attachments. We might be controlling. We might lose our power. We might become overly absorbent through the gut. And the, that solar plexus third chakra region, it digests life and food and stress and energy of others.
0: So the, in terms of locations, just so listeners can visualize the root chakra is sort of, and you correct me if I'm wrong, sort of like near the tailbone. Well, near the mm-hmm. anus, yeah. Tailbone. Yes. And then this the second chakra is kind of near the the perineum or the sex area. Mm-hmm. Pelvis. Pelvis. Yep. And then the mm-hmm. third the third chakra, which you're saying is solo is is by the solar plexus. It's right right kind of Na- underneath yeah. the chest. Okay.
1: Naval diaphragm okay. area. Area. It's Got it. The
0: naval and diaphragm. Sort mm-hmm. of. Okay. All right, great. And then yeah. the fourth is the heart.
1: And then the heart chakra, and then we have the throat in the in the um center of our throat throat chakra third eye center or sixth chakra is right in between the brow but in the center of the head and then the crown chakra is about six to eight inches above the top of our head opening up more like a funnel to receiving divinity and you know these upper upper chakras are responsive to what's happening in these first three chakras
0: yeah it's so interesting, and, and you maybe can speak to this, um, through my own healing work, I've realized that I have spent in the past a lot of time working on heart, you know, throat, pineal gland connection and, and, and empowerment and not really dealing with the lower third, to your point, that I can only get to a certain level. And as I go through deeper and deeper healing and cleansing, it's really working on those, low, those lower chakras and what they represent. Is really is really what's going to provide me with the with the real breakthrough. So it's and can you speak to that because that's kind of what I feel.
1: Absolutely, I think it's so common, and I I truly believe it's why empath, empaths are waking up to their gift. It's like one of the reasons empaths are becoming triggered by their experience because there's an invitation to go back down into these lower chakras to do the deeper healing of not just our own personal history, but of the the intergenerational history that we've carried through and carry in our cellular body. So much of that energy is in the lower chakras and we have negotiated disempowerment, not just within ourselves, but within the the collective, you know, the feminine in our system. And and again, when we think about feminine, I mean, we we think about on a collective level, we are talking about race and we're talking about gender and we're talking about climate and we're talking about some of the major world human rights issues that are at the surface, that is very much first and second chakras that we are, we have to get into and really see the truth, you know, in in terms of biases and really looking at where have we, where have I as a, you know, as a white cis woman embodied patriarchal beliefs, whether I want to accept that or not. You know, like, I have to see that. I have to see that (laughs) truth. I have to take responsibility for that.
0: It's a choice. Yes, it's a choice. And I would say most people don't take the choice, but the people that do gain a lot of benefit from it. You know, I think for my last question, it's really in in alignment with, with what we've been talking about, about sort of healing those first three chakras. Could you take us, was it possible you could take us through a grounding exercise?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll just take a moment. We'll take a seat. You can close your eyes and settle into your lower body. And as you deepen your breath, we'll imagine that there is this tree trunk like image. That's your grounding cord. It's secure around the sides of your hips, your low belly, low spine. And the grounding cord isn't a skinny cord from the tailbone. We actually widen it so it secures the sides of the hips, the low belly, low spine, and extends deep, deep, deep into the earth.
2: It sprouts roots deep into the earth. And
1: as we allow ourselves to ground here, if you can imagine deep in the center of the earth, there's the image of the earth mother. Not necessarily a
2: a maternal figure in in your history, in your your life, but a, a depiction of the earth quality of energy that holds us all. and that
1: this quality of energy in the center of the earth the earth mother has a love and compassion and an invitation for us to come home into our bodies
2: and she holds that force with a unwavering truth and unwavering Sense of security. We might call that force gravity. And as we allow our soul to take a deeper seat in our body, we'll allow the power to come down our legs and feet. presence of our soul and our body allowing it to illuminate and
1: very gently to allow the the root chakra at the tailbone region of your body just to soften and maybe
2: unfurl
1: with a an affirmation or a mantra Or the felt sense of, I am safe.
2: I am claiming my safety. This is my body. I belong here in my root chakra and in my grounding. And I am safe in my body, feeling the nurturing and connection from the earth, from the deep earth mother. And as we allow ourselves to root down, there is an infusion of earth energy that also rises
1: through your legs and feet. It's as if this isometric grounding down enables the earth to give back to you.
2: And that this earth energy gives
1: a fertilizer a vibrancy to the base of your central channel, which sometimes I'll call the pillar of light in your body. Allow this beautiful rise as you ground down through your lower body, that there's an elongation of your spine and this powerful central channel,
2: sensitive, empathic, human beings
1: have this vibrant central channel that illuminates each of your power centers, your chakras.
2: From your tailbone to your pelvis, your navel, your diaphragm, your your heart area, lungs, your throat your third eye, and your crown.
1: And while the tailbone and earth connection opens us up to trusting ourselves and our body and our ability to generate and regenerate, the crown chakra opens up the faith. Faith in a higher power, faith in love, Faith in healing
2: maybe faith in not working so hard. But you
1: can allow the power of prayer, the power of divinity, power of grace to support you. we'll just invite that shower of love and just decide for yourself what's true for you. No matter what terms I'm throwing out, you can feel, feel the love. Or maybe it's just feeling the light and allowing it to
2: come through the central channel of your being. Supporting you in this beautiful shower of divinity through your central channel as you stay grounded. Breathe as you allow the light in. And as you allow the light to radiate,
1: allow it to radiate beyond your central channel through your organs, your body, down your arms and legs, outward into your, your auric field that's, you know eight to 12 inches outside your body, that this vibrancy extends beyond your skin, vibrating the light all the way around you and cleansing the energy on the outside of your
2: body. So you are claiming the space as your energy. You need your energy and vibrancy for your upliftment, for your clear thoughts, for your embodied presence.
1: Pray that light surrounds each of us here. You here fully and completely as your. Receiving this healing and that this light be protective from the outside of your auric field. And I give thanks for this opportunity to be of service. And I pray that we all continue to walk in the love and the light of who we are, and that we may be guided by our own true heart every step of
2: the way. And thank you. Hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. You know, I think um that last exercise said all that needs to be said. That's it. Wendy, um let the people know how they can connect with you, connect with your book and hear a little bit more about the teachings and the trainings that you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the book is on my website, school of, well, it's wendyderosa.com. I also have the school of Intuitive studies.com. So I run trainings and programs to support people in developing their intuition. I run a monthly healing call or class. It's actually twice a month um, where we dive into deep healing for anyone who might feel like they could benefit from energy clearing on a regular basis. Um, that's my divine healing inner circle. I run a year long training program to train healers and for just lots of programs. So it's school of intuitive studies.com and then wendyderosa.com is also where my book is. And there's free courses, there's a free course, go to School of Intuitive Studies and you wanted to sign up for that. And then there's a free healing on my Wendy DeRosa website. So either way, there's a couple free offerings and certainly offer a lot on YouTube as well.
0: Wendy, thank you so much. I think we got, uh, I think our cup has run over today. (laughs) And uh, I will sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.